super, super, super frustrated right now because this is not how we typically do it. We actually had a hurricane and it ended up having a few issues with our power sources and people actually being able to get here. So this is not a normal podcast for us. We normally put out a little bit better quality, but I didn't want you guys to go without fantasy information on the first Sunday of the year. Yep, happy NFL season, guys. I hope you all listen to this episode, take what you can from it, and I apologize that we don't have the normal sound recordings for this. We'll do better next time for you. give a huge shout out to all you addicts out there thank you guys for tuning in once again to fantasy football intervention i'm excited to have you guys in especially since we just got finished up with the best game i've ever watched in my entire life yeah i'm talking about the green bay packers versus the chicago bears however i'm not talking about 2019 i'm actually talking about the last year game where they acquired khalil mack and he ended up with three sacks couple forced fumbles and interception return for a touchdown because last night's game was atrocious. I had to watch something to refresh my memory and ended up tuning into the NFL channel and they had that game on. Way better game than what we watched last night. Last night was brutal guys and I think the biggest part is the fact that Matt Nagy in the offseason decided to try and pump up his brain. He thinks that he's a lot smarter than what he is. He outsmarted himself and I think that it ended up hurting up the team especially since now coaches want to hold out their starters, especially the young players, for the beginning of the season. They end up crushing any kind of chemistry that you can build prior to the season starting. This is why we need the offseason. This is why we need the preseason. And this is why you need the experience to be able to test out certain plays, how players interact, and be able to get some of the hiccups out of your system before you start up the season. I'm going to be bringing in Devin into my podcast today. What's going on, Devin? What up, brother? Happy to be back, man. Oh, yeah. We missed you. We missed you. Everybody had to listen to me drone on all the whole entire episode last time. <laughs> it was pretty brutal for their ears, I'm sure. I hope y'all's ears are finished bleeding because now we get to team up and talk about a few different topics today. But uh, let's go ahead and finish up our topic about last night's game. It was absolutely brutal. And we saw the same sort of thing happen with the Chiefs before when Matt Nagy was still coaching for Kansas City. But last night, they had 45 passes, only 15 carries. Listen, Nagy, kicker is not the problem. You are. You're too smart for your own good. Tone it down a little bit, and then we can actually enjoy some of your play calling. But please, find a system. Get Montgomery in the game. I don't want to sit there and see Tariq Cohen end up doing the jitterbug move for you know an extra five yards. I don't want to see Mike Davis fail to catch passes failed to work his way upfield. I want to see Montgomery, the rookie that you drafted, work his way up. Along with that, Anthony Miller, like maybe one target in the game. He was a complete ghost and was brutal. There was one positive sign, though, that came out of this game. And that's a wide receiver for Green Bay who had zero drops. That's right, zero drop seven. Who do you think that was? MVS? Nope. It was actually Geronimo Allison because he was not targeted. Oh, good. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Once again... I want to see some of these players come out. That was an absolute terrible game. Coaches, get your players in the game for preseason. Build up that chemistry. You cannot do it in practice. We've now seen it two years in a row. When it came to the what it was the uh, the Eagles versus Atlanta Falcons last year, brutal, brutal start the season. Once again, brutal start the season this week. It it literally looked worse than a preseason game. Yeah, definitely. I'm. 
I'm the, like I said, I am the Vikings fan of our group, so I loved last night's game. I loved seeing two teams that had me slightly worried with certain players that they were bringing in and talent that I was seeing. All that went away. I'm very happy about last night's game. But the importance of preseason, again, is that you need that chemistry. You, you don't get that in practice. Like, you, obviously, you get to practice your plays and everything like that. Yeah, you, you build don't up wanna, rapport, but not yeah, chemistry. Right, and, but it doesn't matter. if You have to go through these hits in the games together, not just what you go through in practice. You have to build this rapport in-game. And timing is crucial as well. Let's go ahead and go over a few different news notes, injury updates. Obviously, the Antonio Brown news is huge. So you guys need to know a few things, and we're here to inform you. So here's our segment on Need to Know. So, all right, you guys are in a need-to-know basis, so here we are to inform you with the stuff that you need to know, and we're going to start with the obvious stuff. Obviously, you guys have heard all the news on Antonio Brown, how it's possible that he plays week one. There might be an update game start. However, Antonio Brown, the news that you might not have heard is that he called his GM a cracker. Yes, a cracker, Devin. He ended up saying that he was a cracker, saying other words that the article that I read could not actually put up on their their site. So that's obviously some, some big news. Uh, what kind of cracker do you think he is? Probably a saltine. I was He's thinking a, saltine, too. Maybe a wheat. As much as I love uh, Mayock, man, he is old. Yeah, I mean, pretty plain. You he's, know, he's a Boston College guy, so, you know. Yeah, he's probably a saltine cracker. I think so. But that's what I think Antonio Brown meant, at least. See, now my biggest thing with Antonio Brown, and I'm just going to go off on a side tangent real quick, is do you guys remember that hit that Vontez Perfect, or Devin, do you remember that hit that Vontez Perfect delivered on Antonio Brown? I believe it was either the last week of the season or first game in the playoffs back about four years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was getting tackled by two players from behind. Vontez Perfect came in, lowered the crown of his helmet, delivered a huge blow. And I don't know if I've actually had a chance to talk to you about this, have I? I don't think so, no. I seriously think that he got messed up in the head. Because shortly following that, he had the incident where he was tweeting and on YouTube Facebook and, Live and, and Facebook in the locker room. Yeah. He ended up having the blowout with the coach. Ben Roethlisberger shortly after that, other players as well, especially on the defense. And then he ended up having the issue following that again with Tomlin and then with Ben Roethlisberger another time. Yeah. And just completely went haywire, then ended up having a falling out with the whole entire Steelers locker room. He was worse than just a regular diva receiver who's just wanting more receptions and stuff like that. He's just literally causing all these problems. Yeah, he's not a Dell Beckham going and proposing to the Nets or, you know, pissing on the, the end zone or whatever the case was. And we're not here to talk about, you know, NFL as a whole. We're here to talk about fantasy football. But this is something that's obviously a little serious and needs to get looked into. But as Antonio Brown, this is where it affects fantasy football, is Antonio Brown seriously messed up in the head, and I think it's something to consider. So all you owners in Dynasty, I'm one of them. I've been trying to move Antonio Brown. He's a ticking time bomb. You know, I wish the best for him, and I hope the best for him. But his friends need to get him some help before, you know, something serious, more than just him trying to fist fight a, what, 60-year-old GM or something along those lines. Yeah, he's probably pushing 70 now. But, yeah, I mean, even we saw it last year uh... – in Minnesota with Everson Griffin, you know, someone like that, where it's just like, depending on the organization that you're with, they can sense these things. They can see what's happening. They know when you're not yourself and it might be hard. Dying your mustache blonde. Yeah. Going all blonde, going crazy on people like that. I mean, it's not really outside the realm of AB, but it's still something that's kind of, you can definitely track 
the momentum of this kind of regression of his mind a little bit. Well, right prior to that, that year, before he ended up getting hit by Vontez Perfect, um, he got compared to Jerry Rice when it came to work ethic. He's at practice every day, not saying a single word to anybody. And now all of a sudden, this kind of stuff is happening. The guy needs help. So best wishes go out to Antonio Brown. You know, my, my thoughts with you, buddy. And I hope that everything does get better for you. But you need help, man. Uh, there's something going on there that's, that's not right. Hopefully, uh, Howie Roseman can keep this together for the fantasy football purposes, along with the Oakland Raiders and, uh, and their playoff aspirations. So there is an update with the Antonio Brown situation. Pretty crazy, pretty dramatic. I mean, honestly, I felt like I was watching Teen Mom. It was that bad. The Raiders ended up releasing Antonio Brown. He is no longer an Oakland Raider. Acquire Tyrell Williams. Acquire J.J. Nelson if you can. Waller's going to be huge up, and so is Josh Jacobs. So try and grab one of those guys if they are available in your leagues. Obviously, Josh Jacobs is not going to be available on the waiver wire, but maybe you can make a trade for him. I'm not saying drop Antonio Brown. We don't know if he's going to end up on another team if they end up putting up with his antics. So hold on to him for now. But it's not looking good for, for Antonio Brown, who had two terrible fallouts with the past two franchises. Obviously, the Steelers and the Raiders being the last two. So, this is the updated one, guys. Like I said, best wishes go out to Antonio Brown. Thoughts are with you, man. When it comes to Tyreek Hill, that's our next segment. He actually got an extension, three years, $54 million. There has to be some sort of clauses in there, right? Like, hey, if you beat your girlfriend again, this is voided. Right. You know, like, if you beat your yeah. child, you're not only voided. Yeah, as, <laughs> as long as he is being the model teammate and person that this organization requires him to be, I think that he'll be able to continue playing there. And I'm sure that that's woven throughout that contract. Honestly, like the biggest thing though is I believe that Sammy Watkins will actually end up being cut after this year. I think he's owed something along the lines of like $20 million or something like that this right. following year. But if he's cut, I think he's owed zero money or very little money. So they don't have any kind of big penalty. So for dynasty owners, who are they looking at as potential replacements for Sammy Watkins? We're going to get up to date on that. We're going to try and figure out, you know, who could actually fit in that system. You know, an Andy Reid type player. But don't doubt Nicole uh, Hardman, right? Yeah, I'm saying we'll just wait for the, the rise. speedsters. Just like, wait for the rise of Nicole Hardman. I, he's just one of those guys. And then we can look through the draft um, in the future. Oh, God, Jerry Judy. Jerry Could Judy. Could you imagine Jerry Judy with Nicole Hardman, Tyreek Hill, and well, Travis Kelsey? You, and Patrick Mahomes? I mean, okay, if we're going to broadcast the 2020 draft right now and we're thinking about the receivers coming out, Jerry Judy is nowhere near where I'm expecting the Chiefs to finish up. Oh, no, they would have to trade for him, they'd obviously. Have tra- they'd have to trade up. They'd have to get some pieces out for that. And, I, and I'm also assuming, by the way, that the Chiefs actually draft a backup tight end this year. Somebody replaced Kelsey's pass to age apex. Keep that in mind, you dynasty owners who you know are trying to win a championship this year. If you're not in contention for a championship, go ahead and trade away Travis Kelsey. And for these draft picks for the 2020 season, it's going to be insane. But back to the topic at hand, we're going to be on news and notes once again. Well, for the Vikings fans, we are looking at the injury report for them, and we are seeing that Stephon Diggs is making an early appearance on the injury report. Listed as questionable with a hamstring injury. He did not participate in practice on Wednesday, and he was a limited participant on Thursday. We are waiting to hear back uh, his ability to play on Sunday against the Falcons, we definitely need him. But obviously this year we are seeing a difference in our offensive scheme, going a lot heavier, double tight ends, things like that. Mike Zimmer's comments are, hey, we'll see if he plays or not. So that's obviously yeah. not exciting <laughs> to hear. Well, because Zimmer's he always keeps it pretty close to the vest. He usually says a lot of shit to just hype the people up. 
because you oh, know, he's, he's so usually he's Pete Carroll 2.0. Pretty much. So next on the news and notes, we have Paul Richardson taking off the injury report for the Redskins, along with Jordan Reed not yet cleared for physical contact. I am a Redskins fan. However, I do not expect us to be up at any point this week against the Eagles. So there might be some DFS play for either Paul Richardson or McLaurin. I'm banking on McLaurin being that number one wide receiver. But hey, Paul Richardson was brought in to be that guy. We'll see if he actually can be. Obviously spent most of the year last year injured. I'm still banking on McLaurin. We also have Albert Wilson who's questionable, which makes, God, man, Devontae Parker's getting sexier and sexier every week. Let me just say. He's still questionable. He was practicing, well, he was limited practice all week long, but he should be clear to play. Even if he is a little bit injured, obviously having a calf and hip injury might slow him down a little bit. Devontae Parker is somebody that I think you have to pick up off the waiver wire if you have a shitty draft, or if you had some of the players like Darwin Thompson or Tony Pollard on your roster that are not going to be significant assets to your team anymore. Keep an eye on Devontae Parker. So the scariest thing in this whole entire news and notes concept is the Colts uh, offensive coordinator, I'm sorry, the Colts offensive line coach actually retired early again. He ended up stepping out. He's 77 years old. Obviously, he's not going to be back in the league. But, I mean, this retirement <laughs> issue in, in Indy is a problem. Like, we got to keep an eye and see if it's actually going to be like a Redskins situation where they're dealing with a bunch of drama that we don't know about right. in, in, that, in that front office. Or if this is just coincidence that we have Andrew Luck and then the offensive line coach right after that. Is he seeing something that could end up being a forecast in the future where he doesn't want to be blamed for that and he wants to go out, you know, in his glory days. Or if it's just, like I said, coincidence, maybe his health issues or maybe he, you know, misses his family. We don't know. Right. Sometimes you got these guys that have spent a long, long time in this profession and they're on the road constantly away from their families. You get to a certain point where you just lose that love for the game or you just find that love more for your family and you want to spend that time with them. But in week one, right before week one, I don't know. And it all could, also could just be Ursay. No one likes Ursay. Yeah, that's, I mean, like I said, that's just a huge, huge thing. You know, can they keep this Colts team together? Is it going to start falling apart? Yeah. And it's, it's really important to have that continuity on offensive line and things like that with this team. I mean, you've just seen over like the past decade the way that Ursay kind of treats people and his players. Just the way that they kind of shipped Peyton Manning out at the end of his career. I mean, this man was a living legend for that team. He's been with this team for 12 years. 12 years, and you're going to retire right before the season starts. That's a little scary for me. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and finish up this segment, Need to Know Basis, where we let you know everything that you need to know. So we're actually going to cover our next segment, which we had a lot of fun with. Last time we did it, we ended up getting drunk, going to the bar, episode X, tune in. We're going to do our next segment, Earmuffs, kids. Earmuffs. Three, two, one. Fuck, marry, kill. Get excited for that. We're going to talk about three players that are around the same area, have the same potential. We're going to talk about which ones we want to F, which ones we want to marry, and which ones we want to kill. Stay tuned for that, guys. Here we go with FMK. All right, all right, guys. So we have FMK up here Next on our show docket, we're going to go over certain players that are in the same tiers, you know, some of the things we expect from the same guys, but we know that people do have roster decisions to make. So we're going to try and make our best educated guesses on who you guys might have teamed up with each other to give you the best advice on who to start, who to sit, who to keep, who to trade for, who just to dump onto the, the, uh, the waiver wires. We're going to start with quarterbacks first. Get excited for that. Quarterbacks, wahoo. So we ended up using ESPN's ranking system. That way we got an idea on what most people are looking at, what most people are taking advice from. 
we wanted to talk about uh, different matchups within that. So we went with easy calls first. We're gonna go with sluts actually. Uh, it's gonna be easy calls. <laughs> We're gonna go with three players that pretty much everybody's starting this ranked in the top 10 of ESPN. We have Jameis Winston ranking number five. They're facing up against the 49ers who ranked number seven last year in the NFL in pass defense. Then we're going to go with Lamar Jackson against Miami, who ranked at number nine in pass defense. And then Russell Wilson ranked number eight this week, and they are up against Cincinnati number four. So I'm going to go ahead and start this one out, just give Devin a little bit of a breather since he's doing all the talking. And I'm going to go with FMK for this. I am effing Lamar Jackson this week. He's going to destroy Miami. If that defense was tight it's not going to be tight anymore he's going to end up inserting his he's going to insert his big play ability right into that tight defense and he's just going to destroy destroy Miami this week everything from rushing ability to passing I think his downfield passing has gotten better his passing on the run has gotten better and now he has weapons listen his receiving core including Justice Hill has gotten 10 times better than what it was but their playmaking ability is huge huge I'm going to F Lamar Jackson this week. He's a top five quarterback for me. Easy. I could even see him in the top three. We'll see what happens this week. I cannot wait to watch this game just to see the Baltimore Ravens offense roll out. Next, I'm going to go with Mary Jameis Winston. He has an extremely advantageous matchup schedule this whole entire season. Obviously, the 49ers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be in a shootout. Hell, the only thing, Jameis Winston would be my number one quarterback. However, he never gets to play himself any of these weeks, so he <laughs> is unfortunately not going to be there. Jameis Winston is going to be the person I'm marrying. And then when it comes to Russell Wilson, I'm not going to kill Russell Wilson necessarily, but they're in a run-heavy offense. They're going up against Cincinnati this week, but the thing is I think they end up getting up early. I think they, they ground and pound it away, and then they don't have any reason to pass. So I'm not starting Russell Wilson this week just off of the fact that there's no, not going to be enough volume for him. Who do you think, bud? Well, it's actually quite funny for me. I actually have Jackson and Wilson on one of my teams. And I'm actually starting Lamar Jackson. Absolutely. And Russell Wilson's on my bench. I'm going to F Lamar Jackson. I'm going to marry Jameis Winston. And I'm going to have to kill Russell Wilson just for this week. But like you said, he's just one of those guys that you're kind of killing for the moment just because of the matchup itself. But he's a guy that I would I'm gonna keep on my team and So it's not a straight kill. It's like a temporary not a straight like, you're, kill. You're not a like a sleeping like a sleeping pill. This and is then... this isn't a headshot. I'm just chloroforming him for now. And then I'll <laughs> I'll throw the bucket of water on him maybe week two, week three. We'll at at what point is are you okay to release since you do have him on one of your teams? How, at what point are you okay to release Russell Wilson if he doesn't produce at a top twelve quarterback rate? It really depends on if Jackson loses his value throughout the season. Because if he stays really good throughout the year and Jackson has a bye week right in the middle of the season. I'm probably going to ride him for most of the early part of the season. So I'm really looking forward to using Russell Wilson in that part. And I hopefully will see a more even balance of that running in the passing offense in Seattle. I mean, Seattle ran 65% of the time last year. The efficiency, I believe it was 8.1 or 8.3% of Russell Wilson's passes went for touchdowns. That's why he finished up as a top 12 quarterbacks last year. But let's just say somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo is on your waiver wire and he's finished out as, you know, maybe quarterback 10 through 14 in the first three or four weeks of the season. Mm -hmm. And Russell Wilson's been finishing as an average 16 quarterback. <laughs> Would you drop <laughs> Russell Wilson in order to pick up uh, Jimmy Garoppolo at that point by week four or so? 
Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm very big into the roster turnovers. So if someone's not giving me the value that I perceived at that point, then I'll drop them or trade them to someone that might see that value differently than so I. So you're do. not like a truther. You just you know like you're okay with just dropping and turning. Right, right. I don't just take what I've seen in the past and then hopefully it works out again for me. Uh, someone like Russell Wilson, even if he only gets like 35 percent. He's still very efficient. He's very explosive. Last year he was, like, insane. Yeah. But I just think you, you need more volume. But like you said, if he shows that he does get that, that little bit, even 5 10% more, even if his efficiency drops compared to last year, you know, that could actually be better for him than the efficiency level. Yeah, because I'm going to see Jackson starting most of my games early in the season. His ability to be very heavy part of their run game and his emerging ability to pass more in this offense – is going to make him just extremely intriguing for me to keep playing him. And then the same thing with Russell Wilson. It's just need to see how he produces while Jackson is my starter. We're going to go up to our next section, the hard-ons. That's going to be the tougher ones, you know, have tougher matchups this week. But you might have to play one just because you want to keep multiple ones on your roster. It's going to be number 12 ranked quarterback Matt Ryan against Minnesota. We're going to have the 10th ranked quarterback Baker Mayfield up against Tennessee, and the 13th-ranked quarterback, Tom Brady, up against Pittsburgh. I'm going to let Devin start this one out since I got to start the last one. Devin, these hard-on, mans. These ones are tough. Yeah, they are pretty tough. They have some pretty tough matchups, especially my F, Matt Ryan, going up against my Minnesota Vikings. I know it's kind of sacrilegious to start a quarterback on your fantasy team against your real team and things like that. And I do think that their offensive line is going to be destroyed by Daniil Hunter and my guy, Everson Griffin. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be a bloodbath. Oh, it's going to be bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's going to be some dead but birds. he is a guy that I have on my roster. He is still Matty Ice. He's a guy that continuously produces. Okay, even if roads are closed on, my, on Julio Jones, you still got Calvin Ridley out there. You still got Hooper. You got that whole team in. They're still going to do some stuff. And Matt Ryan's about as best you can ask for a quarterback when it comes to experience with bad offensive lines and with very short times pass. Definitely. I mean, he plays in a great division where he has to put up with defenses that can similarly rush the passer. The thing about Ryan, he does have a terrible history against the Minnesota Vikings. Does and he? I didn't Zimmer, know that. Zimmer in general. He cannot figure out the Zimmer defense. But still, he will have his fantasy value this week and – He's a guy that I'm not going to keep forever, but someone that will play on one of my rosters this week and then can eventually find his way onto the bench of that roster. Looking at my my Mary, I'm looking at Mayfield. I don't currently own him on any of my rosters, and I eventually would love to have him. Yeah, it's a tough matchup this week. He might not produce. People might get afraid. You might, you might get a buy low opportunity with Baker Mayfield in, in week one. People start freaking out way too early. Right, exactly. For him going up against a variable defense, it's going to be low for him. But eventually, he will find his stride. They're going to find how the OBJ and Landry and Joku and all those weapons that they have there are going to mesh together. So I'm looking forward to eventually owning him and seeing his future production, which will lead me to kill Brady. So for me, uh, you know, Brady, I'm just going to go ahead and kill off the bat. Copycat. Uh, I know, right, man? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I took your I took your concept. But the reality is, is yeah, they're gonna have to pass more often. Yeah, he might end up producing this week. I'm not a fan of him producing this week. There's just not gonna be enough to go around. They want to run the ball. They pretty much want to transition their offense into what the Lions are doing, which is ground and pound. That's why they have four or five starting caliber running backs on their team. I mean, they've spent a lot of draft capital on it, 
and they're doing that to elongate Brady's career. Definitely. They want to keep Brady upright and healthy. So I'm expecting Brady to get less than 30 pass attempts per game on average throughout the season. Yes, he has better weapons this year. Obviously, Gronkowski's not there, but Gronkowski really didn't make a difference last year. His other weapons should significantly improve his efficiency. It's just not going to happen this year for Brady. He's not going to be a top 12 quarterback, and it starts with game one, especially when the first four games of the season for New England typically are just, hey, we're going to prod and poke and see what our rivals are going to do, what the other team's going to do, and we're not going to give anything away. We're going to start producing as of week five. Brady is not going to be a top 12 quarterback this week, nor this year. I'm killing Brady. Matt Ryan, this is going to be tough, man. Like, it's going to be a tough matchup, especially against Minnesota. That's why I'm actually going to marry Matt Ryan. I think he ends up producing extremely well this year, although with a poor offensive line, it's a little bit scary. But I'm going to marry Matt Ryan and stick with my guy. I still think he finishes up the year as a top five quarterback. He finished, I believe, number two last year. He has a ton of potential to be, once again, a top-end fantasy option this year, just not this week. So if he has a down week, I'm not freaking out. I'm holding his hand. I'm going to walk him through this. You know, I'm going to whisper into his ear and cuddle with him. Obviously, on the big spoon, he's a little one. Definitely. I mean, he's going to be the little spoon throughout the season with that offensive <laughs> line. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to see a bunch of Vikings oh cuddling his ass throughout the game. But <laughs> He'll love it when uh, Daniil Hunter cuddles him so Let's hard. just hope there's no horns going on like the Vikings have on their head. Um, oh. When it comes to Baker Mayfield, uh, F Baker Mayfield this week. I don't love the game pace that's going to be here, but you talk about a potential two or three big plays from Baker being touchdowns. I mean, they get in the red zone and, end up, you know, Baker end up throwing for three or four touchdowns this game and only 200 yards. That's the type of game that I see happening. I think that the Browns get up early. I don't think that the Titans can end up keeping up with the Browns defense or the Browns offense. There's just not enough volume. But if I had to pick between one of these players, it's going to be Baker Mayfield to F. All right. On to the next section, we have the running backs. And this is going to be the tougher matchups once again, just kind of like we did the, the last one. It's going to be the hard-ons, and that's for running backs. So for the hard-ons, we have Devontae Freeman, who is the 18th ranked running back for ESPN leagues. They're go he's going up against Minnesota once again. We're talking about 23rd ranked Derrick Henry up against Cleveland once again. And we're talking about number 17th ranked Austin Eckler up against Indianapolis. Do you want me to start this one out, or, or are you going to run with this one? I can run this one. My F for this segment is going to, or for the section is going to be Derrick Henry against the Cleveland Browns. My M, or my Mary, is going to be Austin Eckler against the Indianapolis Colts. And I'm going to be killing Devontae Freeman against the Minnesota Vikings. I look at someone like an Austin Eckler as a guy that I really love watching play in the preseason in the past couple years. And without knowing what's going on with Melvin Gordon, if he's ever going to come back to this team, things like that, that'll probably be another thing that happens in our news segment eventually, finding out things about him and his contract. I think Eckler and Jackson have a lot of really great potential coming up, and it makes me excited for Austin Eckler. So I'm going to keep Eckler around. Might not start him this week, like I said, because I have other players that are a little bit higher up, like a Mac and a Carson that are already on that team for me, but someone that I would like to move into my flex or eventually start when one of those guys has a bye week. I would like to have Derek Henry against the Browns, just someone that I think has a lot of potential in this game to kind of have a strong start. And then I'm going to kill Freeman against Minnesota, just not someone that I think can really penetrate that line this week. 
I'm gonna pretty much have the same exact answers for you. What the fuck, dude? Yeah, that was brutal, but uh, honestly, like, I'm gonna marry Austin Eckler just because of the fact that I don't know how they're gonna use him and Justin Jackson. So I'm not gonna be starting this week, so I wanna see what happens. Derrick Henry, they're gonna try and get him back off to the hot start he finished with last year. Mm-hmm. And then Devonta Freeman, I just, I'm not, not a fan. So, a little bit easier one for that. We're gonna keep that one short. We're gonna move on to the timeshare of running back. We're gonna call it the cuckolds. <laughs> <laughs> um, these are gonna be running backs that might not have the whole field to themselves. Typically, they're gonna be backup running backs. We're gonna start out with Matt Breida, who, although he wasn't technically the backup running back, Everybody believes that Kyle Shanahan is going to end up using Tevin Coleman as the starting running back, not Matt Breida. Then they have Duke Johnson, who once again was traded for, and we expect him to be the starting running back, but they brought in Carlos Hyde to play that Lamar Miller role. Boring. And then we brought in Philip Lindsay, who was the starting running back last year. We still expect him to get a little bit over 50% of the carries, but they said they're going to use Royce Freeman a lot more than what they used last year, which, you know, he was still carrying the ball close to, I believe, 35% of the time. They're saying that he's going to get the majority of the carries, or at least 50-50. I'll go ahead and start this one out since you got the last one. I'm going to go ahead, and this one's tough for me because I really, really like Duke Johnson. I really like Duke Johnson, and I wish I could marry both Duke Johnson and Matt Breida. However, in the U.S., that's illegal. You can't marry two people. We can only have one spouse. That sucks. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and marry Matt Breida. Uh, He saved me in a lot of leagues last year. I picked him up. The guy gets hurt, but he doesn't get injured. And that's huge when it comes to fantasy. He had one of the most efficient seasons out of all running backs last year. I'm going to go ahead and marry Matt Breida. Keep him close to my chest. Obviously, the coaching staff still loves him. I believe he's, what, only 23, 24, maybe 25 at the most. I think he's 24. uh, I'm going to marry Matt Breida. But this is interesting. So I'm going to F Duke Johnson. He's going up against New Orleans. They were number four ranked in defense last year against running backs, but he was terrible against passing down backs. They were tied fifth worst in the NFL last year in receiving touchdowns allowed to backs along with receptions as well. They love to let the receiving backs get their work in. It might just be the way their system is or their defense falls, but they just don't defend very well up against receiving down backs. It's the exact opposite for running backs that pounded up the middle. Like I said, they were number fourth ranked overall in run defense. So they're great up against grounded and pounded type players. Really, really bad up against receiving backs. And then we hop over to Philip Lindsay, the 25th ranked running back this week by ESPN. They're the exact opposite from New Orleans. They ended up finishing second in least amount of yards to receiving backs. And they were second most allowed yards to ground and pound running backs. If they end up using Royce Freeman in that running game and try to use Philip Lindsay in the passing game, then Royce Freeman's going to succeed and Philip Lindsay's going to end up getting shut down because he was not an asset in either game when it came to receiving down work. Uh, the biggest thing is, is that Oakland has had trouble last year against bigger backs. They ended up allowing a significant amount of fantasy points to Nick Chubb, Marlon Mack, Gus Edwards, Joe Mixon. Those guys are all, you know, up the middle type guys with the exception of Mixon being able to do a little bit of everything. Yep. So are they going to end up having issues again with Royce Freeman? We'll see. If they end up using 50-50 with Royce Freeman, I am killing. I am killing Philip Lindsay. And I agree with that. I have Lindsay killed as well just because taking the ball out of his hand and sharing it more with a Freeman is just going to take his value down. Even though he had a great year last year, Pro Bowl, everything, great story from him. 
it doesn't help me this year if he doesn't have the same touches. Looking at Duke Johnson, I'm looking to marry Johnson. Yeah, I really want to do that too, obviously, but yeah. you know, didn't really work out yeah. for us. Yeah, I mean, being polygamous and whatnot, I'll marry him. He can marry Brita. Then we can share, and you guys can go fuck yourselves. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm going to marry Johnson. I just want to cuddle buddy, man. Yeah. I just want to cuddle buddy. I just want to marry Johnson. I just think that bring Hyde over, just an extra body, just depth for the team. Johnson's the guy that they're going to start. That's what I believe in my heart of hearts for my man. And then that just leads me to F. Burita. I think that someone like Burita is definitely great value, but you're still worried. You have, you're not really sure if he's the favorite or if Coleman it feels like Coleman's more of a favorite than Burita, even though Burita, like you said, had great games at the end of last year and got people through a lot of weeks. We're going on to wide receivers, and we're going to talk about boomer bust wide receivers. We have Tyler Lockett up against Cincy, and Tyler Lockett's ranked number 18 by ESPN. We have number 20, Sterling Shepard, up against Dallas, and then we have number 23, ranked DJ Moore. Which one? I'll let you go ahead and start this one out if you like. Since I killed Wilson earlier, not, not a hard kill, not the headshot, just chloroformed him for a bit. I want to see how him and Lockett continue their connection, and I'm going to F. I'm almost, almost slipped. That one was close. I'm going to F Lockett, even though I killed Wilson. Like I said, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a headshot. I just chloroformed him for that. So I'm going to F Lockett. So a little bit to your point before we move on from that, um, you know, not to give away what I'm going to do, but – Lockett, like, there's nobody else to compete for targets. So Lockett can be a top, even top 10 option without Russell Wilson even being close to that. So it's understandable if you guys like Lockett and don't like Russell Wilson because Lockett's probably going to end up garnering close to 33% of the targets from Russell Wilson. Right, because it's not going to be an exact matchup because your quarterback and your receiver are they don't, on these lists. Yeah, it's, it's not, not always stack. the same. Like, yeah, you can go off without your, your I mean, obviously, this con- the connection between Wilson and Lockett has been amazing. I mean, their explosive plays, Russell Wilson's efficiency, things like that. Through the it's, roof. Just, it's just amazing. I couldn't agree more with, with that side of things. So I just wanted to, to clarify that, hey, you don't have to love a quarterback to love a wide receiver. Yeah. Moving over to Sterling Shepard, I have to kill Sterling Shepard just because I don't like the Giants offense at all. Obviously, he's going to get a lot of these targets still, but I don't know if he's still able to kind of make anything of those targets. I'm looking more for Ingram to kind of be that guy on that team, and we're still waiting to see when the reins are going to go from Manning to Jones and everything going on with that team. And they're just probably going to go 90% run the ball with Saquon Barkley, throw the ball to Saquon Barkley, let Saquon Barkley play quarterback. I don't know. Let the guy just do the whole thing, and it'll be fine. I I agree with you on that one as well, but – yeah, we'll go into mine in a second. God, I feel like we're agreeing too much. It's kind of funny. We were sitting out here talking about our uh, our FMKs and, you know, what we were thinking about wise throughout the season. I'm sitting here thinking, like, we agreed too much about everything. We have to have some sort of disagreements here and there. But, yeah, it's uh, it hasn't happened yet, so we're both on the same page. Yeah, and then, like we talked about in previous podcasts, someone like DJ Moore, I'm just going to marry the guy. He is a flex on a couple of my rosters right now, but not my main wide receiver starter but could eventually become that guy on some of my rosters where I'm constantly starting him so I have to marry DJ Moore he just has great upside and they're playing the Rams this week they play the Rams this week with Samuel emerging Moore's doing his thing his 
primed for that breakout year. Big stats, a lot of fantasy relevance here. So I'm going to marry more. Sounds good, man. Uh, for me, I guess I think with my heart too much. Ladies, if you're listening, I think with my heart too much and, you know, not Your heart's my, a fucking liar. Not my penis. I think with my heart, I'm a lover. Because I wish I could marry two of these guys. Golly. Get a room. I, I love them. Like, you know, if we could have some sort of uh, threesome, that'd be amazing. But... Come and knock on my door. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Talking about uh, these three guys, I, I got to marry Lockett. I just think he has too much upside with nobody else being there throughout the season. They have nobody else to pass to. If he ends up getting, like, you know, even 25% of the, the targets, you know, when it comes to target share, it's going to be phenomenal. It, it pains me to say this because I've never been a Tyler Lockett fan. Quentin Moody, big shout-out to you because you tried to trade me Tyler Lockett last year, and I joked you nonstop. I have completely done a 180 and I love, I love you, Tyler Lockett. I love you. But up against Cincinnati, obviously he's going to produce. You are starting Tyler Lockett this week. But you know who else you're starting? You're starting DJ Moore this week as well. DJ Moore is up against one of the top offenses in the league. They're going to have to pass. Yes, they're going to be using Christian McCaffrey a whole lot. But guess what? The Rams are going to game plan for Christian McCaffrey. Guess who's going to be running loose? Curtis Samuel, possibly DJ Moore guaranteed. Cam Newton is healthy, he's going to be back on the field, and he is going to be passing downfield to the big playmaker, DJ Moore. You know, Curtis Samuel was known as the big playmaker last year, right? Mm-hmm. But coming out of college, DJ Moore was known as one of the best playmakers coming out of college since Mari Cooper. Guess who else is a big playmaker? Christian McCaffrey. Guess who else yeah. is a big playmaker? Ian Thomas. Yeah, it's not consistent for me and Thomas, but if he can actually develop into a solid tight end, this offense is going to be dangerous. They're going to be scoring, and I have this as the most underrated offense in the NFL this year. Carolina Panthers, DJ Moore, you are my F. I wish I could marry you. However, there are going to be weeks that are not going to be consistent, and they're not going to be passing as much. I still think this is you know, somebody that if they're on your roster, you're holding on to them, and you're still trying to trade for them, but this week is my F. When it comes to kill, Sterling Shepard, I do not like bad quarterbacks for my wide receivers because it's too sporadic for who they're going to pass to and how the defense is game plan. When it comes to limited quarterbacks and limited route trees like Eli Manning has right now who can't make every single pass, defenses are able to take that away. The only two threats on the Giants' offense receiving-wise, obviously not including Saquon Barkley, are going to be Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard, I'm killing you. I don't want you on my team. I don't want Eli Manning passes to you. Talk to me when Daniel Jones takes the starting role from Eli Manning by, what, week four, week five? Tops. Definitely. Our honorable mention for this is D.D. Westbrook. And we really, really wanted to talk about D.D. Westbrook. This is actually something that we disagree on slightly. So I'm going to let you go ahead and talk about D.D. Westbrook real quick. Yeah, he's another guy that I've added to my roster after the draft. I dropped a couple guys that lost value due to contract holdouts that they eventually signed and Roster things like cuts, that. Yeah. So like someone like Tony Pollard that you were excited about rostering late in the draft. Darwin Thompson. And then Darwin Thompson, exactly. Someone who's like, you no longer have value to me now, so I'm going to drop that person. Who's a receiver that's out there right now that no one's really talking about? That's t- developing chemistry with a quarterback that recently won a Super Bowl. Nick Foles. Nick Foles and, and D.D. Westbrook. That's right, D.D. D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook. Kitty, D.D. Juju. Yeah, he is going to be the guy that I marry, okay? I don't care if I have to move to another state and marry this guy there. I I don't care how it works. I've never been married, so I don't know how this works. But 
I need D.D. Westbrook and the connection that he has with Nick Foles that I've been reported. Very great. Has seen a little bit in preseason. I'm excited to see how this goes. I'm going to marry him. Volume and big play potentials there. But this week, this week is going to be a tough one because the Hummy Badger is in town with the Kansas City Chiefs. If you guys don't know who that is, it's Tyron Matthew. He is a beast, and he's great at taking away slot receivers. He's somebody that he's like a heat-seeking missile. Like, you put him into a certain position. You say, hey, I don't want this player to get any kind of touches, and he does that. So if they end up putting Tyron Matthew up against D.D. Westbrook, you know, try and jam him at the line and then put another cornerback behind that to make sure that he doesn't get the big play potential or another safety even, I don't know if D.D. Westbrook has it this week. I love D.D. Westbrook. I wanted to talk about him. That's why we made a little bit of an extra bonus section for him. However, this week for me, D.D. Westbrook is a tough buy. Now, he could have a huge game, and guess what? They could not sick Tyron Matthew on him. But if I had to take a wild guess at how they use Tyron Matthew this week, it's going to be stopping Leonard Fournette out of the backfield. He's going to be pushing D.D. Westbrook all over that. It's going to be, he's going to be their bitch. Yeah, basically. But I think the way that they use Westbrook's speed, hopefully they game plan to take Matthew away from a Westbrook. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they run uh, Fournette out of the backfield to distract Westbrook because, like I said, I think he lines up against Westbrook. And he kind of picks and chooses where he goes there. It's kind of like an option play for the defense. Exactly. All right, on to the next section. This is our wild card section. We're going to have one of these a week where we actually have four people in this one section. And we're going to go with volume or girth. This is going to be our girth wide receivers, the people that actually have potential in PPR leagues to end up pushing into that top wide receiver two category. We're going to go with Christian Kirk up against Detroit, number 38th. Jameson Crowder with the New York Jets going up against the Bills for 45th. Cole Beasley with the Bills going up against the Jets. Yes, we did plan that to make sure we talked about both players because we feel like they're the same player in the same game, just on opposite teams. He's the number 51 ranked wide receiver. And then Sean Hamilton, number 49 ranked wide receiver up against Oakland playing for Denver. You want to start this one out or do you want me to take this one? Take this one, buddy. All right, so I have a man crush and it died off last year and then he rekindled the flame. I'm talking about Jamison Crowder. Love you, man. I, I got a little bit disappointed because I took you in so many leagues last year, and you just weren't tough enough to hang. But guess what? I still believe in you, especially after seeing how many issues our, our medical staff has in Washington and how many people get hurt. I know you just didn't want to go back out there and get hurt, but you broke my heart. So I'm still going to marry you. I'm still going to stick with you. Don't let me down another season. You are my Mary. I think you have a huge game against the Bills where they have to – end up spreading out this defense. I think Travius White matches up with Rodney Anderson, takes him away. But, hey, the underneath passes are going to go to you. He's my number one Mary. My F is going to be Cole Beasley. I think that they're going to have to pass. I think the Jets are going to get up early. Cole Beasley's going to be there for Josh Allen to make him feel better. Hey, if there was a big spoon and a small spoon, I think that Cole Beasley's probably the big spoon for Josh Allen. Yes, I know he's only like 5'10 or so, and Josh Allen's like 6'4", but Cole Beasley is the big spoon to make Josh Allen feel all better. Cole Beasley's going to be a release outlet. I could see 10 receptions for Cole Beasley if you're getting that wide receiver two upside with those 10 receptions. You're talking about, hey, if it's PPR, you're getting 20 points if he gets 10 receptions and 100 yards. For my kill, I'm going with Christian Kirk. He's up against Detroit this week. Not going to be a high-volume matchup necessarily, but I need to see that air raid offense before I believe in anything, and I think that the ball gets spread around too much. There's a report that came out that, saying, that said that Keyshawn Johnson is actually the number two wide receiver over Christian Kirk 
Plus, Christian Kirk is going to be handling return duties as well. What number two wide receiver handles return duties and gets the amount of snaps that he needs? If they end up going running the 10-man offense, that's four wide receivers, one running back. Yeah, Christian Kirk could have his opportunities, but there's not enough volume there to be relevant. Four, Deshaun Hamilton. This is my bonus guy. Where do I want to use him? The answer is going to be F, and it might not be just for this week. It could be for future weeks as well. I almost went with a Mary, but honestly, if there's a better opportunity on the the roster lineup, I'm not afraid to drop Deshaun Hamilton because he's going to be a volume-based wide receiver along with matchup-based wide receiver. Deshaun Hamilton needs the volume in order to be relevant. They have Emmanuel Sanders on that team. They have Noah Fant, obviously, who will be used in certain situations. Philip Lindsay. And, of course, Corlin Sutton. So the stars need to align in order for Deshaun Hamilton to be relevant. This week they do. I think it's going to be a shootout with two bad defenses. Sean Hamilton is an F this week for me. I'm going to marry Crowder. Uh, I've always liked Crowder. He's just one of those guys that just always seems to find a way to get to the ball. And he likes to do a lot after the, after the catch. My F is going to be Beasley. Uh, They're basically the same receiver, just on different teams, but I prefer Crowder to Beasley. But there are going to be times where Beasley just might have a a more advantageous matchup. And I'm actually going to go with a double kill. I'm going to kill Kirk and Hamilton. They're basically the same on their respective teams, where they're just not going to be able to see the volume that I'm liking to actually have them on my rosters long-term. Kirk has that past chemistry with Murray from college, things like that. But going into this air raid offense that we have seen none of, I don't see him getting the touches. Keyshawn Johnson's more intriguing uh, for that team. And then Hamilton, again, he's kind of buried behind Sutton and Sanders and Fant and all the weapons that they have. And like Chase just said, the stars would have to align for Hamilton to really become relevant. So I'm going to, like I said, marry Crowder, F Beasley, and double kill Kirk and Hamilton. You murderer! Yeah, I need one more to be a serial killer. All right, so onto our tight ends. We're going to call these the Generational Gridiron Gladiators. Triple and G. The reason why we're going with this section for these guys, these, these guys are outside of the top three tight ends, but they could end up being, hey, number one, two, and three here in a few years. We left one out, which is Njoku, just because, you know, we don't feel like there's enough volume there to even talk about him. But we went with Hunter Henry, O.J. Howard, and Evan, Evan Ingram. You go ahead and start. I just killed two people, so I need to take a breather. These gritter and gladiators. I'm going to start with my kill this time. And once again, I talk about not being attached to really bad quarterbacks. And typically the tight end is the exception, but not this way. I was watching some game film back last year, and Evan Ingram was open, like wide open. Like I'm talking about like three or four yards away from defenders back last season. And Eli Manning just didn't throw it to him. Maybe Eli Manning watched the game film, studied last year, got a little bit of motivation behind, you know, with, with Daniel Jones coming up. But Eli Manning just didn't throw Evan Ingram the ball this year or this past year. I don't know why. But I'm not going to rely on Evan Ingram being a major option in my fantasy league. If I want a gridiron gladiator, I'm going to go with O.J. Howard for my Mary. There's going to be those good points. There's going to be those bad points. There's going to be up and downs with Jameis Winston. However, O.J. Howard has a ton, a ton of upside when it comes to playing with Jameis Winston. You know, he has like that, that top end build. He has a great, great metrics. He can end up getting down the field and beating linebackers. He's too big for safeties. 
if Jameis Winston can get off of Cameron Brates, then and go towards OJ Howard, then OJ Howard could have a huge, huge, huge year. OJ Howard is my Mary. And then my F is Hunter Henry. Hey, I wanted to marry him, but we just didn't have that connection, you know? And I don't really trust a guy that's coming off an ACL injury with that type of weight. Asked to be jumping up and down in the red zone, being able to shake defenders. Yeah, I know it's 2019 and ACL injuries are something of the past, but Hunter Henry, hey, I'll F him this week, uh, this week up against Indy. They're great against wide receivers, but I'm not going to be willing to marry a guy and, and make sure that I trade for him or roster him for long periods of time up until I see some sort of you know, positive return on him and showing that he's actually extremely healthy. Don't forget, I mean, he was behind Antonio Gates you know, up until he ended up getting injured. I, th I think that he split snaps pretty evenly the year that, you know, the year prior to him getting injured. Yep. At least O.J. Howard has shown at the college level that he can dominate. I'm going with O.J. Howard as my Mary, and I'm going with my F at being Hunter Henry. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I definitely agree with you. I'm going to kill Evan Ingram. Just the quarterback situation there. Even if it's a good quarterback situation, the tape doesn't lie. I mean, the guy was open plenty of times last year, didn't get every single touch that he was could have had and it just scares me that situation that they got going on over there <laughs> and then i'm gonna flip it up a little bit i'm gonna marry henry uh i don't give a shit about acls anymore man some people come back great some people don't i'm just gonna go for it. i'm gonna marry henry he's just a nice southern guy <laughs> you know a little uglier than me so i think that we would do well with each other have you met his mom yet I have not. Oh, she's probably a really nice lady. She's probably really super nice. Probably has a nice little southern spread coming over to her house in Arkansas. <laughs> um, but That's a great cornbread. <laughs> oh, dude, please. Just a little bit of jalapeno on the cornbread. Just a little spicy. I like it a little spicy. Uh, but we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna marry Henry. I love his red zone potential, and I'm gonna just f around with my guy Howard. I have him on a couple of rosters, but so I have Henry also. So they're just guys that I really like, and week to week it's just gonna change a bit because you know someone like Winston, a lot of ups and downs. You know he's he's one of those guys who's gonna constantly be in games that end 17 to 19, <laughs> just random ass totals. And how is a guy that can get him out of these if he just gets used properly? But I just haven't seen it consistently. Yeah, I mean he's still obviously we know that James Winston still loves him great. Tennessee food, our show today, guys. Once again, I apologize for not having the same sort of quality we typically have. We just wanted to make sure you guys get the information out before the game starts today. So thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you guys follow us on SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is you guys like. Uh, leave some comments, some five-star reviews. We'll be reading those off. And sorry to the five-star reviews we missed out on and we had to cut short for this week. Uh, we will be reading them next week for you. So thank you guys once again for tuning in and thank you for letting us intervene with your fantasy football lives.